Welcome to South London Hardcore. I'm Jack McEnroy. This is Steve Walsh. Hello. And our guest this week is the journalist Miranda Sawyer. Hello. <laughs> it's not lively enough. It's no, good. Very, radio. Yeah, was it radio? Yeah. That's my my hello is my hello. It's pretty standard. So having a, a, a lively hello to follow it. Yeah. Just okay. it shouldn't be lovely. too radio, should it? Maybe we'll get later in the show. Maybe we'll kind of get into the radio versus podcasting okay. debate. <laughs> yeah. Before we get started. On Saturday, October the 4th, we will be doing South London Hardcore live at Elefest, uh, up the elephant and around the castle, talking about the buildings and the various places, the history and the culture of the elephant and castle. Uh, 7 o'clock at Long Wave, which is on Elephant Road at Elephant and Castle, so come along. Sort of corner of Elephant Road, Wharf Road, isn't it? You can see it from Wharf Road. Yes, yeah, a load of uh, shipping containers stacked up. It's in there. <laughs> It's legit. We're not just like going into that shipping container. These these have been properly adapted for this purpose. There's chairs. I hope so. <laughs> it's one for me at the, at the very least. So Miranda, we're in uh, your kitchen. Yeah. In... What do you reckon? I actually I actually uh, kind of wiped this down. Yeah. <laughs> I wipe I wipe the table down, especially for you. It's a lovely lovely tablecloth. Thank you. Yeah, I'm like just, it. I end up just like, I'll end up being distracted for yeah. this show. Just <laughs> well, like it's being... slightly because it's, yes, should we call it a homely kitchen? I can I, see the wings of, a, of junk. Yeah, <laughs> I can see the wings of a Crystal Palace badge. Yeah. I can see half of a car, which I think is Brockwell Park, is it? Yeah, yeah, it is, that's yeah. true, actually, it's very South london So yeah, that is, I'm going to move, I'm going to move around the kitchen. That is uh, Crystal Palace, we are, me- we're kind of members, palace cars, do not throw out. Right. So that's like me and, <laughs> uh, me and my son, Patrick. He's a junior eagle, there you go. Fantastic. A goodie and bag voucher. A goodie bag voucher we haven't picked up yet. And that, yeah, that's Brockwell Park on a little postcard. There it is. But you know, you know, you must... Yeah, I have a... Yeah. I bought... Um, I needed to get an anniversary card and it was on the day of my first anniversary. <laughs> and I I hadn't prepared anything and I was starting to panic because my wife does... She gets great cards. Mm-hmm. And I went into a shop and they had the Dulwich Park um, one of these. Yeah. Which is... Who's the artist? Okay, so lady, uh, yeah, it is a lady. I've got it on on our road where I live. There is a an art show once a year, and um, and she was there, and she's really yeah yeah. Oh, Claire Stayos, Claire Skilbeck. Yeah, she's great. I, yeah, I saw good. her at the uh, Brockwell Park. What do you call it? The Lambeth Lambeth County Fair. Yeah. Lambeth, so, yeah. So yeah, I walked into a shop and they had the Dulwich mm. Park one, and we had a wedding photos taken in Dulwich Park. So I was yeah. like, oh, I got you. This Did we see her stuff in a shop recently, or was it another guy? Possibly does South London stuff. There's quite a lot of them, though. I mean, yeah. I think there's quite a lot, you know, because people, and also as as kind of South London becomes, becomes more slightly slightly more gentrified as it goes out, you get, you know, as people go to I don't know, you know, kind of uh, organic food festivals. <laughs> there's always, you know, some lovely kind of 1930s print of right. the yeah. local park, and you know, and t-shirts with you know South Norwood. On it yeah, or just like street signs yes. as a montage. And, exactly. Yeah. You know. It's like identifying yourself, isn't it? Because we've got Bosch now. <laughs> so we won't give out your full address. But no, we're it's of... alright. I'm quite easy to find. To be honest, I've lived in Brixton for so long. <laughs> How long have you been here? Since 1990, about that. No. I moved to London in 88 and I lived in Clapham Junction for a bit, which was a bit grim. And then the flat burned down. <laughs> <laughs> That Just when you thought you could get any grim. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was pretty dramatic. I'll tell you what it was. It was on, do you know that road in um, Clapham Junction uh, called Northcote Road? It's now kind of oh, the yeah, height yeah. of market. kind of your yeah, yeah. And at the time it wasn't. It was just like a normal market. 
And we lived above a chemist called W.H. Goy, which is still there, I think. And I lived with four other people. <laughs> One of them managed to burn the flat down. Like, proper burn it down. Wow, like, like, you know, like the fire brigade came and her, and her room was completely burnt back to the brick. And I wasn't there. I was up seeing my mum. I think it was like, you know, Easter or something like that. You know, when like three of us were away. Anyway, they were able to climb out of the back window. They had nothing left. My room was right at the top of the house and I'd shut the door. And so when we came back, we went up this flat above the chemist and every floor was just completely black. It's terrifying. I'm really yeah, paranoid yeah. about fire now. Um, and because it was like a Victorian place, it was, it, uh, so it's built around a, a, like a spirally staircase, you know, like yeah, everything right, is right. really. And that acts like a chimney. So it just right. sucked right up. And... Uh, we went through this kind of hellhole of blackness and everything smells terrible and we went into the you know you go into the bathroom and the the disposable razor were all curled up with the heat it's so freaky and then you got to my room and my room was perfect oh brilliant did you and just sort of fall into bed yeah, it was, uh, yeah exactly obviously yeah, I was like you, well, you, yeah, you've all got terrible rooms but it's really freaky you shut the door and you can see it's like the it's like the freaky ghost of fire trying to put yeah, his hands yeah. around the side of the door trying to get yeah. in but mine was fine which is really good, but obviously we all had to move out. Plus we got robbed. They left the we left the one of the windows open. I was like, don't leave the window open, so we're gonna get robbed and we got robbed. Really bad flatmates in those <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah they, set the, they set the place on fire and then let us get robbed. <laughs> and I did that classic thing where you think, Well, you know, I'll just inform the police that they've taken my two Prince tickets and <laughs> and they'll come and arrest the you know, arrest them right here at the Prince concert and they didn't do anything about it. <laughs> that was it. And then I moved to uh, Brixton after that. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, my friend Andy. When um, we were sharing the um, Observer article weekend, yeah. my friend Andy uh, Piaggi, who Jack knows yeah. as well, uh, said, uh, "Yeah, um, Miranda saw used to go to my dad's uh, greengrocer in Brixton. She's really nice." Oh, that's so, nice. Yeah, oh. you, you remembered. So, by I don't know. Yeah. If, uh, I think the, he might have retired. Oh right, okay, yeah, maybe, yeah. Yeah. No, I still go to greengrocer. <laughs> not, like, not like gave that up. Beyond, beyond greengrocer, twenty fourteen. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I've lived in Brixton since. Yeah, nineteen ninety, all around different places. You're obviously keen. Yeah, I, yeah, I really like it. I mean, I remember because I'm from a suburb of Manchester, which is like a kind of footballer's wife suburb, which is like Essex, but up north. And um, and then I kind of started going out in Manchester, which was brilliant. And then when I came to then I had three years in Oxford, which was terrible. And then came to London. I was looking for something that was interesting, you know, <laughs> that wasn't suburban Manchester and wasn't boring Oxford. And Brixton was the answer, to be honest, because I wanted somewhere also because I was I've pretty much always been freelance. And so and freelance essentially means when you start, start out being freelance, that you have nothing to do because nobody wants to employ you and you're skint. And so I wanted to be in somewhere in London that had a life uh, of its own, you know. So, yeah. you know, I stayed with friends and they were like renting in Fulham and like Fulham's dead I mean yeah. Fulham's a appalling place anyway but like Fulham's <laughs> Fulham's dead during the day because everybody yeah. goes to work it's just like tile shops and nannies you know and but Brixton even like what's going on in Fulham yeah, is dull isn't it nothing exciting yeah. and the, whereas in Brixton it was always like there was it was like it's own it's, it's like it's own magic special place it doesn't really I mean obviously London goes on and I go to loads of places in London but you could really easily just not just stay in Brixton because yeah. there's always something to do and the people are interesting and there was it was, yeah, I always really liked it. And I liked the park and the Lido and all that kind of stuff. Lido, everyone says, don't they? I say Lido. Yeah, I was... So I don't know why, I've always said Lido. And it's completely wrong, everyone tells me off. It's Lido. 
So you go there regularly. Yeah, still. so like, yeah, you know, I should say Ibiza as well, shouldn't I? And I say Ibiza. Ibiza. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm doing it all wrong. <laughs> so, yeah, so I, yeah, all those things, all those were the reasons, really. And then actually around 1990, the Lido Lido shut down and uh, it was it was really good fun because they had loads of kind of squat parties there. So they had... Um, no water, obviously. <laughs> yeah, well, no. But, but it, I've been to occasions where there was no water and they would have... They had this thing called Exploding Cinema and they used to show films there. And that was really good fun. And then after a while, there was water, but somehow there were still squat parties there. And I've been to a party where people were literally climbing over the top to come in and they were sliding. <laughs> it was brilliant. It was such a laugh. <laughs> so we all got in and then it, and then it got too full. And people climbing over the sides to come in. I just don't remember loads of things, but I just remember a bloke on a bike just <laughs> just cycling around the edge and then just cycling into the pool and carrying on trying to cycle <laughs> like, along the bottom of the pool. It was great. It was really good. So it was quite, um, you know, it's always got this element anyway, I think, a bit Brixton. But you know that kind of slightly um, dog-on-a-string squat-punky thing that's always been quite... Uh, quite important to Brixton really yeah. and there used to be lots you know I was skint there was, there was a parties on so I used to go to those kind of places really as well as all the obvious music places and then um, oh loads of terrible bars there's a bar down <laughs> <laughs> the bar down Railton Road called Mingles oh god that was so bad that was bad was it <laughs> <laughs> but it was literally because there was no the licensing laws were all really weird so everything shut unless yeah. you wanted to go to a club you know there was no like late licenses or anything and if you were in town, there were various kind of, you know, horrible yeah, <laughs> kind of play, you know, crack dens you could go to. <laughs> but there was this one, was Mingles, which was supposedly um, set up after there was more riots, when I, you know, and they, they set this up kind of after the second set of riots. And it was sort of slightly kind of council-sponsored. And it was like, you know, like, um, <laughs> you know, like a kind of uh, Brixton wreck kind of, uh, architecture, <laughs> no, so okay, like yeah. lots of kind of bricks, yeah, and, brick you know, work and... yeah, it's a bit like a kind of you're waiting to be, you know, you're waiting at Olive Morris House. It's got that feel, but a very very small bar, and you had to go through um, security to get in, like Heathrow. <laughs> Oh, it sounds lovely. <laughs> it's literally the only place you could go and drink. It was unbelievable. And you kind of oh, like, you, you know. I was determined. We're going to have a good, we'll enjoy this. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. And we would go there and I'd be absolutely full of nutters. And we would, that's what like, and we would drink there. It was. That's one way, if there's one place to go, then yeah. that's where everyone goes. Yeah. And it's just. Yeah, it that was be that. great. Or it can be terrible. Yeah, Mingles. Though. I mean, you just, you know by the name. Why would I go <laughs> that, there? When you said Mingles, then you said, I think it was like council owned. You're like, yeah, only the council would go. Let's open the bar <laughs> yeah, and call it And call it Mingles, yeah, exactly because you're going to bring all the community together. Yeah, yeah. After the riots, you're going to bring the community together in a bar called Mingles. What, what's this bar about? It's just empowering people. Is it? Because I thought, <laughs> what it bars really? should be yeah. <laughs> We still seem to be taking loads of knives on the door. <laughs> anyway, it was those are the good old days. So what were you doing in those days in terms of work? I was working at Smash Hits. So I got a job at Smash Hits when, after I left university quite soon, actually. I was really lucky. And, but I used to work one week on and one week off because it, uh, it came out every fortnight and they didn't need me all the time. And, yeah, I think it was then. And then I kind of, like, in this really weird way, decided I was going to go freelance. I had no experience at all. Like, like, <laughs> silly. I don't know what I thought I was doing, but anyway, I just thought, oh, yeah, hey, I don't want a job. And so I went freelance and wrote for other magazines like Select Magazine and Q and things like that. But that meant that, you know, the one thing I like about freelance life 
uh, is that you kind of work when you want to or you need when you need to. So when the deadline's there, you work all day and work all night, or we did in those I did in those days. And then the rest of the time you just funny about <laughs> and I was good at also funny you, about. You can do lots of different things, as yeah. you say. With, with Smash Hits you're writing about and like I was a huge fan of Smash Hits. Yeah. It was a oh, tremendous magazine. Um had lyrics in it, which for like younger listeners you know, with, with access to the internet and like rap genius yeah, and did, like yeah, various nice lyrics websites. That was the only magazine that did lyrics. Yeah. No one else did. So, and like, uh, you know, the thing about Smash It is obviously it was like pop orientated, yeah. but like they do sort of like Smith's lyrics yeah, in Smash It because obviously the people who are writing for it don't want to just be talking about They had a cover ages ago with Morrissey and Pete Burns on the front. Yeah. Oh, that was before my time. I was like Bross and Kylie and Jason right, time. Right. <laughs> Which was a golden age. It was, it was like, a golden was age. Like, it was. So... I tell you how much you may you may scoff and <laughs> make that scoffing noise again. But, but the thing is, like working at Smash Hits when like Bross and Kylie Minogue, that that's got to be that puts you. Yeah, it was amazing. It sold so many because yeah, it's absolutely. so far pre-internet. So it was like eighty-eight to ninety. I worked there, and it was selling eight hundred thousand copies an issue. Yeah, right. like easy. Yeah. Like if we dropped down below seven fifty, we were like. Oh, <laughs> I blame the Reynolds girls. <laughs> it's really, really bad. But, the Reynolds girls. Uh, oh, they were terrible stock aching and watermen. Yeah, all right. Thing. It's all right, you don't, you don't need to... I mean, don't, really, don't go to the internet and look them up. They're so bad. <laughs> when we say it was a golden age, there were... There were, know, yeah. There, there were, were moments. Yeah, Steve's a big Bross fan. Yeah. One of South London's greatest exports. Steve, yeah, I, I, I chose Bross for one of our players once. Yeah, well, because it's a tremendous. When will I be famous? It's a fantastic pop song. Yeah. They were very, um, you know, I interviewed them and they were very, they're quite interesting in a slightly tragic way in that they were incredibly ripped off by their manager. So, notoriously, what he did was, and I've read Luke Gossie's autobiography, and um, <laughs> what he said is that he didn't, and they didn't understand the difference between net and gross. So, their manager, Tom Watkins, took 20% of their gross income right. 20% of their net yeah yeah and obviously they were putting on they literally you know they were putting on uh, concerts not that, that it wasn't just kind of uh, Wembley Arena it was Wembley Stadium yeah yeah, right. yeah, yeah. So, I mean imagine, I remember I vaguely remember them being about and it being yeah, absolutely so it was huge. absolutely massive but obviously it costs loads to put those yeah. shows on so he takes 20% percent of all that yeah. money but then they have to put the show on so they're completely bankrupt and uh, you know that is quite sad yeah really. Although Craig Logan did, Craig Logan, back. yeah, he well, he now kind of runs the music industry, yeah. but uh, <laughs> and you know, Matt Goss performs in Vegas, and Luke Goss Oops. is, yeah, I saw him, yeah, we saw him in LA ages right. ago. I can't remember. Yeah, there's like Blade Two and stuff. Yeah, Hellboy. Well, they look, they look, <laughs> him and him and Matt look amazing. They looked amazing. Yeah, when you see photos of them, they don't look. They look that like much a na- Nazi idea of what pop groups yeah. look like, <laughs> right, right. like crossed with ET. <laughs> but they were like their eyes were so blue yeah, right, like you right. couldn't believe it they're like kind of pin, pin your back kind of thing they were amazing do you remember you can confirm it so I've mentioned mm. this in the show before I've got disbelieving looks the Grolsch bottle tops on shoes yeah yeah absolutely yeah that's fame I said that on the show and like I jacked you like, still crazy. love it <laughs> mate you're scoffing noise <laughs> I believe it but it's just a different era isn't it yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Such like, a, you know spats didn't have the internet we had to put Grolsch bottles on shoes <laughs> yeah it was you know, and you had to have ripped jeans yeah. as well that was quite important yeah. but they stopped you know they literally stopped the traffic in Oxford Street and everything yeah right proper like it was really I'll take your word for it yeah, yeah. <laughs> but don't 
I mean, the music wasn't great, was it? But you know, Steve when will I be famous? When, when will I be famous? And like uh, our friend Stephen Graham's a musicologist, yeah, and he did this incredible breakdown of the song where he's like, "Well, yeah, because it's doing this." Yeah. And as he's, I can't even remember what he said now, but as he's explaining, you're like, it's talking about yeah, time signatures. Yeah, time yeah. signatures. Like, this shouldn't happen here. This yeah. is really unusual, which is why it's so compelling. I was like, all right. It was one of the highlights of our sort of 130 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> it was him talking about when we are with fans, yeah. in all seriousness. Yeah, yeah and I always recognise it really quickly. It goes, doesn't it? It's very, yeah, recognisable. Who was your favourite person you interviewed when you were at Smashers? Well, it was quite an interesting time, if you think, 1988 yeah. to 90. So the thing that was interesting, obviously, was happening. It was kind of Acid House and uh, into Manchester. And because I came from uh, Wilmslow, which is outside Manchester, I was like the Manchester correspondent. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was really funny. Because everybody, what I hadn't realised was that everybody in London was quite scared of Manchester. Yeah, which yeah. is really if you're from, we Manchester, were scared to come here to be honest. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the, the stories that you got in London was it was like Manchester, all that music and gun crime. Yeah, that exactly. Was the thing. As though London had none. Exactly, you know? it's yeah, just ridiculous. Yeah. But so because they were a bit scared of the Manchester people, I basically got to interview you know Sean Ryder and the Stone Roses and people like that. And I can't really explain it because you know I really like the music anyway, and also I just kind of you know if you grow up in an area, you know obviously you kind of get them quite yeah, quick really so they yeah. were really they were really always really good fun and New Order and people like that and uh, for me it was quite a big deal because you know I went to the Hacienda when I was younger and then so then to then interview New Order who essentially had changed my life by giving me the Hacienda like a big present <laughs> um, was amazing and yeah I found people like that pretty much yeah, really. Sean Ryder's just got to be a, Sean a, Ryder is an interview just because like he was it's just a flatly amazing interview yeah like yeah. he is never boring even when he was really really out of it and miserable and and not good you know he is everything he says is really interesting yeah he can't be uninteresting that bloke and you know I've interviewed him in all sorts of circumstances and when I've really thought oh this is really bad Sean this is when he, especially when he's living next door to Bez in that weird <laughs> in that weird time when they lived they literally had these gardens that kind of met each other and they were living in like the Beatles in there uh, going into yeah, the- <laughs> two front doors yeah. going outside it was like that yeah, but yeah. they lived outside Manchester kind of just on the edge of the Peak District and they literally lived in the place where um, the League of Gentlemen was filmed they lived in Royston Vasey <laughs> <laughs> so they were living in Royston Vasey <laughs> Bears on one side and Sean on the other like in a Sean was in a mess at the time, really, yeah. to be honest, and it was kind of post Happy Mondays and everything like that. And I remember going there and just thinking, "This is so this odd. doesn't end well, sort of thing." No, it did. Well, it kind of did. But it did. Yeah. He sort of did sort of bounce back. Yeah, and yeah. he ended up with a you know a kind of good woman who got him on the straight and narrow, and he's fine. You know? yeah, yeah, he's great. I love him. He's brilliant. Still ticking over. Yeah. Should we explain the terrible noises that people might be able to hear in the background? You can hear. Oh yeah, there's some children screaming. Yeah. Yeah, there literally <laughs> are some children screaming. <laughs> But I think they're screaming with enjoyment, I'm hoping. They appear to be either playing Minecraft or watching Horrid Henry on the iPad in the other room. Should be in bed, but you know. Well, that's podcasting to be done, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That'd be all right. But radio is obviously yeah. a big thing in your life, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's it was quite... It's funny, you know, because you end up following a path that you know... I mean, I don't know anyone who's planned their life out. You know, that's presumably they're running the country, but most people don't. <laughs> and you end up falling into something that you think, oh, you know, am I interested? I am quite interested. And I started reviewing radio around the time my first kid was born, so that maybe eight, nine years ago. And I kind of thought, oh, yes, yeah, all right. 
um, let's see how it goes. And actually, I realised that quite a lot of my memories were tied up around radio, and so I became more and more into it. So my mum and dad, who were both teachers, obviously listened to uh, PM at 5pm, and the Today programme and all those things, just a minute, all that stuff, because they're teachers and that's what you did. <laughs> and also my dad liked sports, so I heard a lot of um, kind of cricket on the radio all the time. It's quite, I still find that quite comforting, and I listen a lot now to sport on the radio, even sport I don't like, yeah. I don't, because there's a, something... I well, find something quite relaxing about it because especially if it's football I don't care about so I right. care about certain matches and I don't care about others you know how it is and I quite like there's something I quite like about listening to radio when it's a sport I don't really care about <laughs> I can't really explain it's just well Nick Hornby says really that relaxing. all football sounds great on the radio because yeah. every shot is going in yeah it doesn't go in Do you know I mean it's that, that element but also because it comes out because quite, we're quite a football-y household so I might be listening in here and then it might be on in actually the, you know on in the in the kind of sitting room so I hear the goal yeah before it happens so I get to run in watch this and I'm like that and you say like test match special yes yeah. A lot of it isn't really about the cricket. It's about these these people sitting in the room and like they get cake sent in. Yeah, it's all about, about what they eat. The it's yeah. all about what they eat. And it's, so it's just weird. like they chat. It's like when you watch golf, like yeah. uh, on on TV. A lot of it, like Peter Alice is famous for this. Like yeah. they'll just cut away to a goose, yeah. uh, waddling out of the pond, and Peter Alice go, "There he goes." It's very comfy. Just sort of this sort of pastoral thing, and you say test match pastoral as well. This sort of traditional thing of. You know what to expect with it. Yeah, and it's gonna... just a kind of chuntering, isn't it? You yeah, know? I mean, yeah. quite often with radio, one of the things I really like about it in these era of like, you know, isn't it amazing? We can do millions of things at once. We can tweet while we're watching X Factor or something crap like that. And actually, of course, radio, you were always you're always doing something with yeah. radio. It's very rare that you sit down and just kind of really concentrate, you know. And um, so I quite like that. There's something about the fact that you can be doing things when you listen to the radio that I really like, and I like the as a music fan I like the kind of randomness of hearing a track either a track that you know or you don't know and it just comes out and it completely changes your mood or it, you know you find yourself weeping over the washing up or something or you know it's you know I can even now it's only it's ridiculous I can remember when I first heard the Arctic Monkeys um, and I was in this kitchen and I was listening to Zane Lowe which I don't do very often and I was just listening to it thinking yeah that's alright that's alright what is that it's like you know you just think that is a really great record it's fake tales of san francisco and i just thought that is a really that is really brilliant who were they and you just that gradually completely yeah yeah i love that and then when i was young i used to listen to a lot of uh you know everyone says john peel and i did listen to john peel a bit but actually it was annie nightingale i liked a bit more i don't know why i just liked her and uh she played a lot of stuff that was quite odd that you know really strange records that would have somebody like I don't know like Stuart Copeland from the police on and then somebody else on <laughs> it so that, just odd stuff that I really that I really enjoyed but also terrible I listen to terrible radio because a lot of radio was really terrible you know like Operation U-Tree it's essentially all the people that you thought were really <laughs> awful on the radio yeah yeah were awful people basically and you know your instincts were right and I had you know but that was my childhood they were all on the radio they were all over the radio all those horrible people. and they would do it was the, the sort of mainstream chart shows so if you were yeah. to listen to like the current stuff as you say for, for the, the other you know yeah. stuff that was probably better you know, yeah I mean it's just been, you know so I used to listen to <laughs> Timmy Mallet he was on uh, Piccadilly Radio <laughs> in Manchester he was quite a big deal and uh, and I remember 
this is so naff, but I, you know, it's true. We are, you know, nobody's born cool either. And, uh, well, maybe some Speak people are. I mean, yeah, Barry. maybe some people I'll actually rewind about that. So, uh, so other people are born cool, I was not. <laughs> and, uh, and I was listening to Timmy Mallet because we all did in the, in the, it's something like between eight and ten or something on a weekday. And I remember him playing Catch a, Catch a Goose Too Shy. <laughs> this is such a bad record. Don't look this one up. No, it's either. great. Hush, hush. Yeah. 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 And I heard that and I thought that's number one, that record. That's going straight to number yeah. one. And, and did it. And it yeah, did. it did. Yeah. And I thought, I know pop. Hello, <laughs> darling. My daughter's coming in. Do you want to say hi? <laughs> <laughs> this is Frankie May. She's um, a reluctant podcaster. It's, what are you doing, darling? Do you want me to... Do you want to... Protest. You're a bit bored? Yeah? Do you want me to put you to bed or do you want to carry on watching screens? What do you want to do? Eat. You want to eat? <laughs> okay. Do you want Option to do a br- brilliant example of mothering? Yeah. Do you want a nice lolly, love? Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> That's brilliant. That's You've That's taught really your children to say no to lollies. Okay. I don't know what to give you, though. What do you want? So you're currently the Observer's radio critic. I am, yes. So I've been radio critic for about yeah, eight or nine years and... It's actually really good. <laughs> it's a really good job, I think. But it's a, been a, a brilliant time, hasn't it? Because like radio with yeah. technological advances, like you know, you listen to radio on phones now. The, the, yeah. the, the rise of digital radio gave it a whole new life, didn't it? Yeah, and also what's really brilliant about radio is that it's incredibly popular, but it's kind of ignored. So uh, you know, if you're a re- if you're a telly critic, you have to review the X Factor. I mean, can you imagine? <laughs> Just, Every week. Yeah, you know, you have <laughs> to. You, these things, <laughs> yeah. These things are phenomenally, um, well, deemed phenomenally culturally important. And actually, you know, if you are a TV critic, what you should be reviewing is a load of box sets. But they're not allowed to do that. Whereas actually, I find with radio, pretty much given a free hand. You know, obviously, there's there's sometimes... We used to, at the Observe, we had a very... um, a kind of Archer's mad editor for quite a while. So he would tell me, basically, that I needed to be reviewing the Archers this week because I don't really like the Archers. But just certain weeks when Yeah, certain happens. weeks when something really... Yeah, something right. about to have okay. an affair or the fall off a roof or whatever. And so I would do that. Someone falls off a roof. Make sure you cover Yeah, no, that's, you may laugh. It was very, very important. But the thing that was very, very important... Oh, was it a specific someone falling off a roof? Very specific person telling right. off falling off a roof. But what's Mr. really Archer. funny about <laughs> it is that they fall off the roof and then the sound of them falling off the roof, they go, oh, it's actually... <laughs> Long, they would be falling. It sounds like they're falling out of an airplane. So literally, he goes, he goes, ah, for ages. It's like they don't have any skyscrapers in that village. No. <laughs> they're just meant to be on the roof, you know. And he just what falls a big bomb is. He, falls, <laughs> he falls for far too long. Um, so nobody really minds what you know. There's obviously some things that you possibly, uh, obviously, should cover, but mostly you can do what you like, and so that's really nice. And one of the things that I found quite heartening given that every time I write, you know, I write for The Observer, which is obviously on The Guardian website, and everything you ever write for anybody on The Observer, on the Guardian website, you just get slated underneath, you know, it's just like people hate you. doesn't matter what you write, people hate you. <laughs> and, you know, you get used to that. And anyway, I did one, they said, can you do top ten podcasts? And um, oh, I'm very well, sorry, I'm very sorry I didn't put you in, but, you know, I didn't. I, didn't. I think I tweeted a link to it and said, now are we not in this? <laughs> <laughs> so, I, put, I did it, and... Everything that was written underneath it was incredibly positive, and because right. what people were saying was like, "Oh, I like this, but I like this as yeah. well," and, and they did of... another thing afterwards saying, "These other podcasts that we kind of missed out," and it was so cheering. Yeah. It was amazing. 
What's good on the radio then? Because I don't listen. I listen to a stack of podcasts, and we'll come to onto that shortly, I reckon. But what's good on the radio then? Well, it depends what you want. Because I hop about. So if you like sport, I would obviously recommend you know live sport. Five live is, is okay, but I wouldn't re- recommend five live for much else for Phone you is. because I think it will drive you mad. Phone yeah. will drive you mad. Um, <laughs> although you know, I have to say that I have heard really amazing radio on five live via phone. In there was a woman who had a very definite alcohol problem and who was phoning in about that uh, while drunk on Victoria Derbyshire and that was like literally you had to stop what you were doing it was right. so yeah, yeah. Uh, weird and upsetting so I have heard you know kind of amazing stuff but I wouldn't necessarily recommend that there's some good documentaries on Radio 4 and what I find it's another thing about radio being a slightly ignored medium because I've made documentaries for Radio 4 as well and what happens is you don't get very much money but they don't really interfere so it's brilliant so like with telly you make a documentary and the people are all over it all the time because you just need more money to make telly yeah and so uh, you know there'll be you and the director and the you know the the, the kind of cameraman and all that kind of stuff but then there'll be an executive producer and someone above that and someone above that and it's never quite what you thought it was going to be and on radio pretty much there's you and the director who also produces it and you do it a bit like we're doing now go around you know and then you make it into a documentary and they go cheers it's great. <laughs> it's really great. And the documentaries are really good on Radio 4. Some of them are obviously kind of pompous in that Radio 4 way, but a lot of them are really, really good. So I'd recommend uh, those. Six Music's always pretty good. There's loads of... Um, it depends on the, your music taste, really. And there's a lot of really good music. Rinse FM's always brilliant. There's loads, I think. I mean, it's quite... The other thing I think is quite nice now with things like podcasting is that you can pick and choose. So if you like films, you could, you know, listen to... Mark Commode and Simon Mayo and just and don't bother with anything else mm. you know so you just get that you've got an hour and a half about films brilliant you know I don't actually really like Simon Mayo on Radio 2 because I don't like Radio 2's music it's awful and you know it's I think Simon Mayo is a great broadcaster but because of the nature of Radio 2 it makes you slightly twee I can't really explain it, it makes you a bit you he's know. had a, a real sort of renaissance over the last... Yeah, he's of... a great broadcaster. I think he's really brilliant, but it's just, you know, it's it's the nature of what he has to do, and I think he does it really well. It's a bit like Chris Evans, and possibly, you know, if any of us did it, we would do the same thing. You bring in the kids and, like, school run and all that kind of stuff, and it's great, but it's just slightly... I don't know what it is. It's slightly like, puts my teeth on it. It's really odd, because, like, growing up, what, the thing about Simon Ray was naff. That's yeah. the way you thought of him. But now... He's a really, really yeah. broadcaster. There's just something about Radio 2 I can't bear, and I know it's like the biggest radio station in Europe. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I'm radio a radio three? critic. Radio 3. Radio 3 is, do you not know? It's classical no, music. Yeah. Okay, so it's classical oh, right. music, and so it does all the proms, which can be amazing. Like, the, you know, obviously the proms you think, you might think it's just. You know, I'm not a classical Tim radio. Pins, yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, boom, boom. You might think it's just kind of quite straightforward like that, but they do. You know, it's the BBC. The BBC do. They have a very large remit, and they use it. So they'll do like a Steve Wright kind of um, one, or they'll do one that's about Doctor Who, or they'll do. They, they do quite odd stuff. The main proms, which go out about kind of seven or eight at night, they're quite quite, as you would imagine, you know, quite uh, classic classical music. But the ones that are late at night, they're all over the shop. They're really brilliant. <laughs> and, I, and I like that, you know. As somebody, you know, the way I am about classical music is how some people used to be about dance music in that, you know, I used to, <laughs> I used to walk into, like everybody did, you walk into a record shop and you go, I want that one that goes... 
Yeah, <laughs> and that's what I'm like about classical music. I go and I want that one. It goes na 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 like that, you know. And but I still, you know, I like it. the reason why I don't listen to Radio Three all the time is it the music's too emotional. I can't get anything done, you know. If you're trying to get the kids out of the house and they're playing some amazingly beautiful, heart-stirring violin things, I mean, you just usually twelve minutes long as well. So yeah, it's not you just end break soon, down. How yeah. could you do anything? It's too much. The music is just overwhelming. Get radio show on quickly. It yeah, drives you out of the house. Yeah, it's something you hate just to get you out of the door, really. So that's. But I mean, I find it that more and more. I mean, it helps me a bit, really. More and more, I want to introduce podcasts to people anyway, and because I think they like them. And also, I find, you know, if I'm walking over the park or I run very slowly around the park, I like listening to podcasts because if I listen to music, I run too fast. <laughs> I get a really bad stitch. <laughs> <laughs> so I listen to economics podcasts and things like that, you know, just myself really slow, plodding around the park. Mm. And I like podcasts, you know. Yeah, we do. Yeah. I mean, that's all, it's almost all I listen to. I'll find a podcast like 99% Invisible yeah, most so, recently yeah. and so I've listened great. to it's amazing I've yeah. listened to probably 90 episodes in yeah, about so 6 great. weeks and it's, it's just, just incredible and you become just an evangelist I'm like constantly saying yeah. to people like my friend um, uh, came into shop working over there she was complaining about her shoes and the heels and I was like there's this podcast and they did an episode about high heels like the cultural <laughs> history of it and like <laughs> yeah. uh, the science of it and you should really listen to it and like, you just turn into this different person yeah and my like, shoes weren't like no, my, just my legs hurt <laughs> yeah, yeah like, this, isn't, this podcast is not going to help my feet this is, this, is no, this is terrible advice have you heard that um, it's called Love Plus Radio but Love and Radio have I've you, listened to one so far have you heard that weird episode the really weird one I haven't heard any of them. It's on oh, the same network, isn't it? Okay. Yeah. There's a really amazing episode. I don't want to spoil it. There's a really amazing episode about a woman who uh, entices somebody, it plays somebody else that she isn't on uh, on the internet and entices somebody to do something. It's really... Right. It's one of the like things I've ever heard. Thing. Yeah, very right. Like, right, like catfish, but yeah, right, really, but really dodgy. Okay. And right. I would recommend that one. Thumbs. <laughs> I'm just going to go and deal with Frankie. Yeah. Steve, you can dig that out, can't you? And you can yeah. put a Twitter link at SLHC. Yeah, I'll just go for the entire Twitter. run of Love and Radio. <laughs> <laughs> work it out. I don't... Why did you better work I don't out? Know, let me just quickly. Think. I don't know how many episodes. Are. If there are twelve episodes, <laughs> maybe yes. Can find it, I'll find it for you because it's actually. I think it's one of the ones that kind of they used to introduce it. Okay. It's quite oh, there you easy go. to find. Cool. It's a really great episode. I'm sorry because I'm just kind of talking about it while I'm talking to, to Frankie, but the um, uh, what's really amazing about it is the way they use it, because they want to disguise the voices, the voices are all weird. They've treated right. the voices, so it makes it even right. more freaky. Yeah. It's great. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I'd really recommend that. It's uh, overwhelming, isn't it? That's the thing. Yeah, like, it can be. Kind of... That's like listening to The Organist, which is the from Jack's recommendation, yeah. the, the Believer Magazine's podcast. Oh, right. Like, okay, they've only done like oh, it's fantastic. phenomenal. Well, you yeah. want to start from the beginning because the, they changed the structure after about 12 episodes, yeah. but the first 12 episodes are just gold. Yeah. And then it kind of don't quite but work they were as well. But, sort of, but going monthly? from the beginning, I'll send you a link. Yeah, was it monthly they were doing it? It was, they were doing it monthly. It was like an hour-long magazine show. So I was worried about. I was worried about it running out. So I was yeah. like, like limiting. It was ridiculous. So I was like, I'll, I'll treat myself. I deserve uh, uh, an organist. And yeah. then I discovered 99% Invisible, and there's like 120 episodes. Oh, so, many. so I was like, great. Yeah. I could just burn through the organist, and then there'll be this, and then I'll find something else. <laughs> Did you do um, any? Uh... Welcome to... No, just stop banging. Welcome to Night Vales. <laughs> you don't... And the I'm first not... thing about podcasting, Daniel, <laughs> is never bang the table. <laughs> yeah. 
Jonah. Welcome to Night. Welcome to Night Vale. It's a sort of. I've seen the name. It's a, yeah, it's place. huge. Um, I've got, okay, yeah, I've got like four or five friends who are obsessed with it. Okay, so that's a weird. What that is is uh, sort of screen peaky. Sort of yeah, it's, so it's it's you know how drama on the radio is always terrible, isn't it? I mean, you listen to Radio <laughs> Four, it's just. It's the worst one. Someone it's falls the off a roof. When, when you, Far too uh, long. <laughs> there's bits on the organist where, like, and now we've got a short, narrow piece, and you're like, well, I'm oh. look out the window on the bus on this one. This <laughs> yeah. is, I like to pay too much attention. Yeah, but where are you going? Are you going in the room? You want cuddles? You, you can <laughs> sit with me if you want, I don't mind. Just don't bang the table in an unprofessional <laughs> manner. I mean, there's only one rule on this show. Yeah. Don't, bang the, don't bang the table. Welcome to Night Vale is, a le- yeah, it's quite Twins Peaky, and they have recurring characters, they have. A rivalry. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> <That's> <laughs> delicious. <laughs> Welcome to Ivo, it's delicious. <laughs> Frank is enjoying her tangerine. Um, and uh, it's just quite odd. And because it's quite odd, people are quite obsessed with it. And yeah. because it's quite odd, she doesn't suffer from that weird actory thing. Right. So it's, um, you know, the problem with Radio 4 stuff, I think, is that all actors want to do radio because they don't have to learn the lines and it's <laughs> it's quite close and um, indoors wear what you like you're not going to get rain like. you turned up like. in your pyjamas <laughs> and the problem is then they just act you know yeah. rather than yeah right so See. they're constantly actoring yeah the voices and just... they have to do more they quite often have to do more than one character yeah so they're doing lots of you know here's my Irish accent and you think oh my god this is so embarrassing <laughs> and you know this is, this is my mank you it's know, like it's audio books and we'll have one person doing all the voices <sighs> yeah. and it'll be a man and he's doing a conversation with two women and you're like this is not anything now is it yeah. it's what just are you sound. doing what is it Wait, Frankie tell me what is it <laughs> I don't really want to... You put cheese in there. That <laughs> one, <laughs> that's disgusting. <laughs> what did you say? Yeah, if you finish that, that's fine. It's minging. there's a seed in it. There's a seed in it. That makes more sense So you said that radio is an, an ignored uh, medium. Yeah. But I think podcasting, you probably say more extremely, can't you? Yeah, it's funny. I think that generally, having always written about what you might... I suppose what you would call culture then I think there's a kind of hierarchy of culture in this country. And so essentially, you know, you can see it a lot in in newspapers and also on the telly. The biggest thing is film. So any film star or anything like that or any new film is really important. Then telly. Um, and then I'd say music probably after that. Um, and then you could argue books because we're still quite impressed by literary, fine art. You know, radio comes way, way, yeah. way, way, way down. And I think that that's, um, it's, you know, that's a kind of advantage and a disadvantage, really, because everybody like there's, there's always something that you can find that you like on the radio. You know, that's a, almost a difficulty of, of, um, of reviewing it because you don't have those programmes. But then, you know, I don't like those programmes where everybody sits down and watches them. I can't stand it. It makes me want to die. But you know, they, 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 there, there are fewer programs where everybody just thinks, okay, I'm going to listen to this. The only thing that you could say is possibly the Today program, and that's only for a certain kind of listener. You know, really, yeah. it's only for people who are interested in politics, I think. Yeah. And other than that, there isn't any program that everybody the will always listen to. Still a little bit. The art seems yeah. like like it's talked about still yeah. in that way. Not. But you can't imagine like a real human being you'd know. Would <laughs> yeah. to it. You know what I mean? No, it's also it's a, it's an age thing. You know, yeah. I find that. There's something that happens to you. I don't know what it is. You know, I love music. I don't really want it on in the morning. It's just, it, it sends me nuts because they play music, 
No, you get more grumpy. So they're like, they play something that you like, and then they play something you really hate, and you're like, what are you doing? You're not playing my music. This is. I thought you were my friend. And so I want speech in the morning, really. Yeah. And so that's that's you know. So I listen to the day program, but even then, like you know, my husband hates it because they will shout over each other and the you know, as he would put it, posh English twats. And so, <laughs> you know, we have I think we'd all quit. We'd all quit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pretty much, you know, and it's right, they are posting as yeah. And so, you know, these things are, are slightly difficult. But that, that kind of breadth of radio is really amazing. So what happens, even in a mainstream channel, like, say, Five Live, they'll alter the lineup of presenters. And people underneath, you know, once they've, altered, once they've announced that, that it's all changing, the... Variety of opinion is just you don't get a consensus of opinion. Some people will go, Victoria Dobbisher is going, I'm never listening to Radio 5 Live again, <laughs> or they'll go, Thank God I hated it. It's just there's no proper consensus, and I really like that. Yeah, absolutely. Because you know, it also means I can, there's no right way of reviewing it. Yeah. I mean, there is in that they want me to do, they kind of want me to do three shows a week. I like one time I just did one and they were a bit cross with me. <laughs> <laughs> Thought I was slacking off, which I was. <laughs> I was on holiday <laughs> but they generally want me to do kind of three programmes a week but I mean you know this week I've just I did um, I think I did in fact I definitely did Call Clegg Ask Boris yeah I've done that one <laughs> I did Call Clegg and Ask Boris but then the the one I've just written I did um, Mark Commode and Simon Mayo because right. I'd never done it and I thought god that's quite weird was it the one where Roman Mars was there no it no. wasn't sadly but you know but I just did one that was it's also deadlines are difficult. So what I should course, do is yeah. one that's on the Friday just before it comes out on Sunday, yeah. but I can't do that because no. you know I can't do that. So I did, I just did quite a generic one, but I tried to write about why I thought it was a good show and why so many people listen to it, and that's quite fun to do really yeah. to try and understand why something that's actually quite generic. There's loads of film shows, aren't there? How many yeah. how many film podcasts are there? So many, mm. and why is that one good? And what is good about Mark Commode and and their relationship and their relationship with the listeners and all that kind of stuff so that's quite good fun to try and work that out really I think yeah the, having the, the sort of power to sort of recommend things to people yeah that's but also nice, I, isn't it? it's really nice I think it's nice when it's something like you that people might not know about I mean it seems a bit daft almost to recommend that's why I never reviewed it for so long Kermode and Mayo I just thought well everybody right. yeah right right everybody does it's... and then I saw Mark Kermode and he was like why have you never been on <laughs> show and I was like because it's been going for 13 you don't need any more years uh... like, everyone knows about it don't they and he was like well you've never written about it and I felt really bad because he's a really nice bloke <laughs> can you get away with reviewing podcasts and they're like whoa 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 can no, you they're talk really about nice... LBC more no they're not they're actually they're quite happy about podcasts I think if I did just podcasts like over and over but they like that because you know they're the observer so the weird thing about things like the observer it reminds me of the BBC that kind of thing it's basically you know the people who read the observer the average age is 55 and that's the same for BBC One it's like young people do not use telly and they don't use radio in that and press in that way Um, so they're very happy with people podcasting because they think it's young and trendy (laughs) (laughs) Um. Which kind of makes me laugh, really, because of course, podcast is for it's all this stuff is for anybody. But they want to, they like to have a little bit of cutting edge. It's a young medium, is it, in terms of the age of the medium? Of the medium, That's yeah. The but uh, but people who listen to it are all ages. Yeah, absolutely. It's just they have this weird assumption that everybody's a luddite, you know. <laughs> it's really really hard. I think part of the problem is that so many people kind of are luddites, isn't it? It's yeah. from our point of view. I mean, the thing is, there's you know, we're we're kind of in a medium that is mm. young and is not getting as much exposure as we'd like. 
But as much as anything, there's just much better podcasts than ours that people aren't listening to. <laughs> yeah. Like I think the kind of the great example is like Brett Easton Ellis. Yeah. Is like sort of one of the most acclaimed authors, most talked about authors in the last thirty years. Yeah. And he's now doing a podcast where he reads out used car adverts yeah. and he's telling you, go to my website and click the Amazon link. And like his first guest is Kanye West. Yeah. And then he has on like Kevin Smith and Chuck Closterman and like the guy at yeah. Pavement. And like, it's incredible and it's like phenomenal. It sounds like it's made up. It yeah, sounds like it's but, a dream you have. But it's just like, to use his phrasing, it's not really part of the cultural conversation. Like yeah. I think, why is someone not doing a column where they're talking about Brady's analysis podcast every week? Do you know what <laughs> but I, mean? I think I think that generally, don't you think that generally about stuff on YouTube as well? Because I think that because the press, the re- the state of reviewerdom, um, is you know is what I've just said. It's film, telly, yeah, you know, all, yeah. the, all those things. But actually, you know, most of the most interesting things you're going to find on YouTube, really. You know, I mean, there's a lot of really interesting little shows on YouTube, and there's a lot of really interesting podcasts. But it's just not how the review pages are set up. It doesn't. Yeah, right. Click it's in. not going through the kind of established yeah. channels. I mean, it's not part. It's I not mean, proper. I guess. And not being funny about it, if you wanted to do, if you really wanted to, you know, do that hierarchy of culture, why aren't computer games the number one yeah. one? Yeah. That is that absolutely how loads and loads of people spend all their time. You know, look at you know, we've just put my kids <laughs> in the other room. My son is playing Minecraft. Yeah. You know, that's that's how people spend their time. A lot of it. And if you look at what's generating money as well. Yeah, it's all that kind of yeah. stuff. But it's never. You know, if I was to redesign a, a newspaper, I would make computer games just like, you know, definitely like the third story on the front page. It's really important, but it's just ignored because people think it's it's for, I don't know what they think it's for. They think it's for, <laughs> they think it's for you know, kind of murdering teenagers who are going to, you know, I don't know, watch Grand Theft Auto and go out and rape your granny or whatever. And that's just not true. It's just rubbish. All the art that goes into computer games, and I don't even play computer games. I'm not that bothered about them. But I can see that they're an amazing new art form, and they just ignore. They're ignored. Yeah. But this is the thing about podcasting. I think it doesn't even say like we take Brady's Nellis, which yeah. is an extreme example because it's one of the very best. But it so obviously is cerebral, and yeah. uh, it doesn't suffer from problems of people thinking it's dumb. It yeah. just. People it's, don't know about it. They don't yeah. know. I guess they don't know about it, and that sort of people don't want to talk about things that people don't know about because no one, you know, someone goes and reads uh, a column on, like you say, some kind of popular thing that everyone yeah. is watching or reading or whatever. But if no one's listening to it, no matter if it's good, you're not you there. To, you're not there. You're not an evangelist, right? You need to. Yeah, and also you know what papers. it is. It's quite. You know, I've been on a lot of review programs in my time, and the thing that always makes me kind of laugh about it is. They still do plays. Now, I actually like plays. I prefer plays to films. Films get on my knackers because they're always the same, I think. But but um, I quite like the live experience of plays and stuff like that. But they have a big problem with uh, plays or gigs or anything like that because only a certain amount of people can see that thing happening at that time, right? Yeah. So that's why films are always traditionally a really big deal because it's coming out on Friday and everyone can go. Yeah. But they haven't kind of quite latched onto the fact that these things, these podcasts, these little bits of art that's going on on YouTube and in podcasts is something that actually everyone can get hold of. And what they can't, really, really can't get their heads around is the date thing. So they want mm. a t- they want a hook. And the hook is it comes out on a Friday. Yeah. But then with podcasts, it might come out on a Friday. It might come, who cares? It might yeah. come out on a Friday. If it's, a, if it's your favourite podcast, you wait for it to come out. But actually, if you've only just discovered Welcome to Night Vale, you don't care when it comes out because you've got so many to go through. This is amazing. 
I've just found all the we, back catalogs. There's another thing as well where, where it's young medium as well, people still can't get a grip on what it means. Like, we'll, yeah. we'll tell people we're doing a podcast, and they're like, oh, that's great. Uh, when's it on? I'm like, now. Yeah. <laughs> now. There's 130 episodes now. You just need to go and press a button, it's there. And they're like, oh, right. And you can see they're baffled. They can't yeah. understand having, as you say, like, welcome to Nightbell. Yeah, you should. Uh, when's it, when, when's it, it doesn't matter, there's, you know, 50 hours to get through before you even have to worry about when yeah. the next one's on. Yeah, and, that will, that, and that will change because as the, you know, as the people who edit newspapers or who make programmes are replaced by younger people, which will happen. And also, you, you know, you referenced earlier as well, uh, box set culture. It's yeah. going to come in and like binge, listening, watching. Yeah. Well, the fact that now Netflix or Amazon or whoever puts out a TV series and puts out 20 episodes yeah. on the set all yeah. out at once... Like, I mean, it is even the case with set up Ball Ball Empire. I don't have to watch it that comes out. I'll watch it yeah. when I want. Yeah, you know? exactly. And I guess once they get to, once people come to grips with that, then other things will follow. It, it's just, I mean, I think it's, I do think it will change. And I think it will change quite quickly because I look at, you know, my kids who are, you know, they're in the other room. They are really, really young and they have no idea about scheduling at all. Yeah, like, you know, yeah. I get into, you know, we listen to the radio in the car and Frankie will get in and she'll go, I want the happy song. And I'm like, well, I haven't, you know, I haven't plugged my phone in yet and she's like, no, I want it. And then you, it'll come on the radio and she'll go, right, I want it again. Like, <laughs> why can't that yeah. happen or again? Instant access. Yeah, what's the problem? Yeah. You know, they're, they're in there watching Horrid Henry, they're just watching loads of Horrid Henry. Yeah. You know, one finishes, they find another one, they watch a load of Horrid Henry, that's fine. Whereas with television, yeah. you know, CBB's finished at six, seven. Seven. Yeah, but then again, you just go on the website. I yeah. Mean, it's yeah. just such a yeah. different world, isn't it? Yeah, and I like it better. Yeah, it's also like you know, it's like the joy of a book, isn't it? You know, the thing that was really always really brilliant about a book is that you could read it whenever you wanted, under the covers, you know, wherever. You know, this one of my greatest pleasures is reading on public transport, unless it's a coach because I'm sick. But like you know, <laughs> generally that's what I, you know, that's a, what a great way to spend your time. Yeah, and it's the same with podcasts, you know, or you know, people watch films or. You know, when they're going on up the train, you know, from London to Newcastle, they watch the entire films. That's so great. My friend watches the film every morning on his commute to work. Wow, yeah. that's dedicated. Yeah. Mark Mode, that he does. He, well, that's his job, but he right. is unbelievable. He literally gets up, watches the film, gets the kids out, <laughs> watches the film. <laughs> As he just watches the film, <laughs> it's unbelievable. I don't know how he does that. How could be you sick do, of him? How could you? <laughs> well, you know what? The, this is why I get sick of films because essentially, if you watch a lot of films, it's just. A big face talking to another big face. <laughs> that drives me mad. <laughs> yeah, we get none of that in podcasting. There's no faces at all. No, you're just like ether. Faceless. There's no one here. It's amazing. <laughs> no. You just arrived. Your voice has arrived. <laughs> right, so how will we close things out, Steve? What should we do? We recommend things in Brixton because I feel like I haven't yeah. talked about in Brixton. Everyone loves yeah. Brixton, don't they? Yeah, it's yeah. like Mark Commode, isn't it? You yeah. can't keep recommending it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> people know about Brixton. It's like South and the Hardcore is actually about the places that people don't know, isn't it? Or yeah. don't know about. Riverley Ballroom, I'll set up you cover that. That's yeah. like, what an yeah, ideal, what inside, an ideal wedding venue. Why is that not used all the time? Yeah. It's so horrible outside. Yeah, but you know, still. Bottom in. But even inside, like when you look through the window, <laughs> yeah. you look through like the unwashed windows, and the first thing you see is a stall that's been slashed up, and you're like, I don't know, back right by the door. <laughs> Welcome <laughs> to the beautiful Wibbly Ball. Don't look at that. That's, that's not typical. See, all those things I find quite appealing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like really chintzy weddings. I like those kind of ones. You know. Did you have uh, a lot of slashed up stalls that you went to? <laughs> you know what? I'll tell you how much of a 
silly old hippie we were. We went to France and we got married in a campsite, and it wasn't legal. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> and it wasn't legal, obviously, because it was in France in a campsite. And my brother was a priest, and he dressed as a priest. My brother's really good looking, and he he um, dressed as a French priest. He's with... an actor, isn't he? Yeah, he's just like annoyingly good looking. <laughs> I used to when we were younger, I used to push him into rooms in front of me and just watch the whole room, men, women, yeah. cats, just go like, who is that? And then I'd walk in behind like this really short minder and go, hi, I'm here too. And he, uh, watch so he, this. yeah, exactly, watch this, this love bomb go off. And he wore a kind of French priest's outfit, so it was a really long cassock and a kind of hat and shades, and he looked amazing. And he was incredible. our priest. Yeah. Wow. And then we got married. You know, we got married properly here. Yeah, you don't, you know, that means we could do what we wanted. It was great. Yeah. I wanted uh, an ex-colleague of ours to do to, to marry us, but uh, Lakeisha, my wife, said uh, she didn't want a sham wedding. And that was very sad. <laughs> yeah, phrase. yeah. The sham wedding was brilliant. Our sham wedding was amazing. <laughs> yeah, we got married at Dulwich College in like the old library. It just it wouldn't have fitted, I suppose, would it? Yeah. I suppose you have to do a proper wedding there, maybe. Yeah. So do you have a proper vicar there? No, it was uh, registrar. It was not. Oh yeah, okay. Because it's not. Really she wanted to get married at the uh, church across the road, Corpus Christi. Like yeah. she went to the school there, and yeah, she's she's like always wanted to get married there. And I was like, I'm not getting married in the church. So I kind of ruined her dreams. But Dolly's College was really nice and well, cheap as well. Uh, <laughs> what you can say is also, you know, marriage is about compromise. You haven't ruined her dreams. You've yeah. taught, you know, you two together. You Beckett used to compromising. To <laughs> <laughs> and to be honest, I know that church and I know Dolly's College. Dolly's College is prettier. Yeah, there you it's go. It's a lot it prettier. Was nice. It was nice. Yeah, it's a lovely church, but Dolly's College is prettier. It was. It was lovely, Steve, wasn't it? it but was sham weddings. I tell you what's really brilliant about sham. Well, it's kind of. I suppose it's a bit annoying, but. I remember the date of our sham wedding because in my head that's the wedding. That's the wedding. And then right. we got married properly in London. So whenever you have to fill in a form, say you're married or whatever, I just say I can't. I don't know what the day is. Both anniversaries or just? Oh, my mum really sweetly. We're really bad at anniversaries. I don't right. care about things like that. I don't care about <laughs> Valentine's Day. I don't care about anniversaries. You know, I just think you either love somebody or you don't really get over it. And uh, he and my mum really sweetly sends me. It sends us a, a card on both anniversaries. Oh, and, and we forget. <laughs> <laughs> We're What's really this? rubbish. <laughs> like, oh my God, is there an anniversary? I'm so sorry, love. This is really, I'm, I'm just, you know, I do love you, but I'm really sorry. And, and we've got a card from my mum. <laughs> Maybe should we finish off, Steve, by just recommending Daniel Rose Tyson to everyone again? Yeah, because we love him. Yeah, isn't, he, isn't his stuff great? Yeah, he's great. He's you, really it's great. the letter you reviewed, wasn't it? Yeah, in, it's in really great, brilliant, I think. Yeah, yeah, it's a marvellous uh, piece of radio. Yeah, and really unusual. Yeah. Proper. Yeah, sort of uh, idiosyncratic in it, and he's uh, yeah, just, just moving. He's, yeah. And like, his voice is fantastic. It's a six-part uh, radio series that was on Resonance um, about this six letters. It's called The Letter, did I say that? Yeah. Um, six letters to his parents who both died, and uh, to his friend who died, and to a cafe and a hotel room, and one more, which I can't remember. Ex-girlfriend. Oh, yeah, yeah. it's going to Miss, Miss Latin America. Latin America yeah. yeah, and it's oh, it's just brilliant, isn't it? And it's his... so lovely because it's so um, uh, it's if, if fictionalized and not fictionalized in the yeah. way that all true truth is. If yeah. you sort of mean, you know, obviously you can't tell everybody everything about your life, but if you want to tell people the truth about your life, you kind of make it more palatable in that form that he has, and uh, it's a really great podcast, I think. So we, we were in um, Sainsbury's in Duckburn Hill today, yeah. and uh, in the gents' toilets, there was a trolley. 
and I said to Jack, Daniel Ruiz Tyson could never come to that supermarket again if he ever saw that. <laughs> <laughs> he, every time he come in, he'd be like, maybe that's the trolley that was in the gym's yeah. toilets. So that, that supermarket would be done for him. Yeah, it's true. It's very true. I think a lot about the cafes that he goes to because I know the cafes that they are, so I can picture him in there. So it's like he put me off lattes. To be honest. <laughs> right, thanks for talking to us, Miranda. It's a pleasure. You can come around any time. You know, it's like oh, you know, it's very nice to meet you. Given that I don't know you at all, yeah, you're both charming people, and you brought me presents, which is really kind. Well, actually, one of you brought me a present. We'll leave yeah. it to the listeners to uh, decide who. I mean, <laughs> I mean, they've got a fair idea about who the, who the decent people involved in this podcast are and who the, you know, the yeah. wrong ones are. I've got no, no, no defence. No <laughs> um, our website is southlondonharcourt.com where you can get 131 other episodes. We talked about Brixton in episode 13 a long time ago and it was like the first time Lakeisha, my wife, was on. And, uh, it's a bit of a special. Humiliating. humiliating. It's not really about Brixton, <laughs> but it is hilarious. <laughs> um, and on iTunes, obviously, at SLHC. We don't give out your links, Miranda, do we? Well, there aren't really any links, you know what I mean? What can I say? No, what yeah. you can do is you can tweet at uh, Ms. Yeah, Miranda Ms. Well, yeah, I'm always on Twitter. And you can say, tweet. oh, I really enjoyed you on South London Hardcore. <laughs> yeah, why don't you get is in touch all... with me and yeah. tell me how much you love this show? <laughs> 